So I feel like the best books are the ones where you want to read the spoiler from, but it keeps you from reading the spoiler because it's so good. You just have to keep listening. Oh, hands down. Like, you know how, you know how when you want to read ahead, but then you stop yourself because you're like, no, that's cheating. And I want to wait, but you can't wait. But then you do wait because you want to wait. You want to be on that journey. Yeah. You want to be on that thrill ride. You want to ride that wave like Johnny Tsunami. You want to surfboard it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So stay away from spoilers. Except if it's a movie. Except if it's a movie. And you want to find out if the dog dies. Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. So today's episode is Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. Narrated by Anne-Marie Lee, published by Random House Audio, and it was released on September 20th, 2006. The duration is 9 hours and 37 minutes, and the genre is suspense, psychological thrillers, women sleuth. Ooh, Ooh. real Nancy Drew up in here. Yes. Take us away with this summary. All right. Well, this summary taken from Amazon is wicked above her hip bone, girl across her heart. Words are like a roadmap to reporter Camille Preaker's troubled past. Fresh from a brief stay at a psych hospital, Camille's first assignment from the second-rate daily paper where she works brings her reluctantly back to her hometown to cover the murders of two preteen girls. Nasty on her kneecap, baby doll on her leg. Since she left town eight years ago, Camille has hardly spoken to her neurotic, hypochondriac mother or to the half-sister she barely knows, a beautiful 13-year-old with an eerie grip on the town. Now installed again in her family's Victorian mansion, Camille is haunted by the childhood tragedy she has spent her whole life trying to cut out of her memory. Harmful on her wrist, whore on her ankle. As Camille works to uncover the truth about these violent crimes, She finds herself identifying with the young victims a bit too strongly. Clues keep leading to dead ends, forcing Camille to unravel the psychological puzzle of her own past to get at the story. Dogged by her own demons, Camille will have to confront what happened to her years before if she wants to survive this homecoming. First of all, that was a really, really good summary of the book. Really good summary. But the one thing it lacked was, if I did not read this book already... I would not know what the main words are in the beginning of each paragraph. That is a very good point. You know, wicked above her hip bone, girl across her heart, baby doll on her leg, harmful on her wrist, and whore on her ankle. So those are words that Camille actually wrote, actually carved into her body. Yes, it is a very nasty description Mm -hmm. of what happened. And that's not a spoiler because she says it in the first page, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Yeah. So this book is called Sharp Objects for a reason. Yeah. It's because she used to cut things into her body. Mm-hmm. And I also liked how they had that cut word in the end when they said she was trying to cut out the memory. Ooh, mm-hmm. Deep. 
cut out the memory by carving it into yourself. Mm-hmm. We also want to let you know that this podcast does not promote cutting and yes. self-harm. If you are self-harming, please reach out to the nearest counseling center. Yes. Because Col- you don't want to write whore on your ankle. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the performance of Anne-Marie Lee. What did you think about her? So here's the thing. I loved Anne-Marie Lee, which is odd because I listened to this cozy mystery series of hers that was written by Caroline Hart about ghosts solving murders. Oh. And I've listened to two of the books in that series with Anne-Marie Lee, and I hated her in in those books. Which is so odd because when I was listening to the book, I said, her voice sounds so familiar, but I don't know where to place it. And after I was finished with the book, I then researched her because I enjoyed her in Sharp Objects. And I said, oh my God, she did The Ghost at Work and the Christmas story in that in that series. And she also does the rest of the series. I remember you telling me about that Christmas ghost story. Yeah, and I hated it. And I was like, oh my God, she's such a boring narrator. There was no personality in the story. She didn't do voices. And if she, if she did, they were very average. And I just did not enjoy her reading of those books. But with Sharp Objects, I loved it because I feel that there was something different about this story than the other stories. Yeah. And it makes me think, wow, do narrators think of the genre of book they're reading and does that have an effect on the way they narrate the story? Yeah. I found Anne to have a really beautiful tone to her. I haven't been exposed to her Mm -hmm. previous works yet, but I thought that she was really clear and even toned throughout the entire reading. And even when she did the country accents of the townspeople, she was balanced in, Mm -hmm. in her tone. It was... Very consistent. Mm -hmm. The thing that I found appealing about Anne-Marie Lee is she would not be my go-to narrator for this type of story because I imagine her as this redhead. I don't know what she looks like, but I imagine her as this like redhead, tiny little body, um, probably in her 40s, early 50s, kind of reading this book. And to me, the story about Camille needed a much younger and I want to use your word that you said earlier, like savage kind of character, dark and just kind of like twisted a little bit. And when I think about Anne-Marie, I don't see twisted, but she still pulled it off. And I think that's why I liked her so much is because she had those different moments where she was she played an amazing Adora, which is Camille's mom, and all the old gossipy ladies in the town. I really enjoyed her versions of them. But with Camille, there was still this kind of innocence with Camille that I liked from Anne-Marie's voice. Even though I don't think I necessarily would have chosen her for this kind of role, it still worked. Right. And I was really happy with the outcome of the audiobook with Anne-Marie because she still had that innocent but yet dark and mysterious aspect of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I can imagine her as like a 40 to 50 year old woman. <laughs> I mean, does that sound rude? No, I think it shows the maturity that you found in her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just imagined her to be more of what Camille's age is. So okay. I imagined her to be young and kind of like spunky and sassy like Camille sort of was at Mm -hmm. one point in the book but then I still think that she pulled off the older voices really well so it's kind of the opposite for me I imagined her as young but then able to transform her voice into old instead of being more mature and transforming her voice into a younger adult Mm -hmm. so how did you like the scene of the novel 
I thought it was really interesting. Small town, very creepy. It kind of reminded me of the town in Incurables at times. Ooh. Where it wasn't as yeah. psychotic mm-hmm. and ridiculous, but it still had that eerie type of feeling. Just Camille being home and wandering around her hometown as this journalist, as somebody who left being a trusted person in the community to then coming back and suddenly being an outsider, it felt very, I don't know, like dark Mm -hmm. to me. So the the town, while I think it was a very picturesque type place, I still kept having creepy feelings about it. I can see that. That whole Southern Gothic kind of vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I really liked when stories are taking place in the South. There's so much depth that goes into Southern characters that I don't think they get credit for. Mm -hmm. There's a a darkness and there's this sense of grief that they're trying to overcome that causes them to do bad things or make bad choices. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No. Um, (laughs) I don't know what you're trying to say right now. Just in terms of murder. Like in the South as a whole? Yeah, as a whole. Like I just feel like that's a great scene to have a murder story because there, there's probably lots of murders that are going covered there's oh. lots of images that don't want to be splattered yeah, yeah like the the south kind of has this layer of sweetness on it mm-hmm. they always are like oh bless your heart even yeah. though that's kind of a backhanded compliment mm-hmm. yeah it's very it's almost an insult yes um, but it's still nice. Yeah, yeah, it's still like wrapped in sweetness. Mm-hmm. So I because definitely it, feel that vibe. Yeah, because in the South, it's kind of like we have to be sweet. We have to be hospitable. Hospitable because there's something deeper going on. Yeah. And that, that I love that scene. I think that's why a lot of mystery writers write things taking place in the South. Probably because it's, it's kind of an enigma. Yeah. Wrapped so in a riddle. Exactly. And I and I think Anne-Marie's voice matched that perfectly. Mm-hmm. She does the perfect Southern hospitality voice, you know? Yeah. Was that anything close to her? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, what did you feel about the emotion that Anne-Marie was able to put into the characters, Camille and Adora and Emma, mm-hmm. which I really don't like the name Emma, so I'm sorry for anyone that's named Emma. It reminds me of Amabelle from Big Little Lies. Yeah. Yeah. What is this Emma thing going on with people? I really think that Anne-Marie had a lot of emotion. The most memorable scene for me was at the end when the whole conclusion came out. There was just this heartbreak Mm -hmm. to Camille. And through Anne, I felt that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, she is really haunted by her past and her family and her the people that she's around in this town there was a lot of things that went on with her that she's still trying to discover who she is and yeah. i really felt that from Anne marie yeah i think that's why i enjoyed the the audiobook so much is with that characterization of camille there was just this darkened past and it i felt for for camille yeah especially the times when she was in the bathtub we're gonna tell you what she did in the bathtub but you know, there was other times where she was out in the bars and... I'm not going to tell you what she did in the bars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all the twists and turns at the end, I feel like there was like twist upon twists. Yeah, there really was. And Camille herself was a crazy kind of twisted character. Yeah. I mean, every time I turned around, there was something new to be discovered about her. And I feel 
I feel the same way. I feel like Anne Marie was able to capture that in her voice mm-hmm. for Camille very, very well. And her voice for Emma made me hate that little girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. God, I could not stand her. I wanted to put her face to a light bulb and just make it stay and just there. watch it. Yep. Just watch it burn. Oh, God. We're, are we from the South? <laughs> I want some sweet tea. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. With Anne Marie and her voice with Camille, there was this level of what is she going to do next? Yeah. Because with Camille, her character is written as this person who makes very impulsive decisions. Her decision-making skills are not there. Mm-mm. And you're always rooting for her to be better. Yeah. I made a note that she has very like stony demeanor with mm-hmm. other people. So like other people try to get to know her and she's just very standoffish Mm -hmm. and she shows her annoyance she shows everything about her after some time spent with her Mm -hmm. but just getting introduced to her she's very closed off she doesn't connect with people so it was weird that we felt a connection to her immediately Mm -hmm. as the as the reader because her character to everybody else was just not open at all Mm mm-hmm so it was very, very strange Yeah, how Anne-Marie was able to tie that into her reading. Mm-hmm. I love how you said we were drawn to her character because I think that's what Anne-Marie's whole intention was, was to make us like this character that does not do the right thing mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And isn't that human nature? Yeah. We all mess up. Right. So it was amazing that Anne was able to do that with her voice. Mm-hmm. Show us the annoyance, the impatience, the heartbreak. anger, yeah. Yeah, heartbreak, the curiosity. But then to like the, to everybody else, yeah. Camille was not that. No, no. It was so cool. Like to us, I felt like this person was guilt. She had so much guilt mm-hmm. and rage built up that we were trying to figure out why is she feeling that, like, like yeah. this? But to everyone else in the story, it was like this sarcastic, stoic kind of- Journalist. Journalist, from, yeah. From the big city. Mm-hmm. That's what makes a good narrator. Yes. Is if they can make you feel certain ways about a character and actually make you think, oh, wow, other characters in the book see her as this way too. That's the power of narration. Yeah. And that's a successful narration too. Exactly. And that's what I really love is when a narrator has that happen with a character and there's multiple characters in this book that it does happen for with Adora and everything else. You just, you hate their voices so much, but you can feel a connection to them still, mm-hmm. which is really, really odd. And you kind of like question, question your mental stability at times. Oh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it comes through, through the interest of Anne in the story. She has such a deep connection to sharp objects that she's able to communicate that interest mm-hmm. in the book into those characters, which exactly. is so, so cool. So I really loved Anne-Marie as a narrator. And one thing I liked about Sharp Objects, because now this was my last Gillian Flynn book that I had to read before I finished all of her books, which I'm really happy about. But the difference with Sharp Objects and the other books with Dark Places and Gone Girl, there is that unreliable narrator in those two other books. And this one, this was kind of like, I'm giving it to you how it is. Mm -hmm. And as the listener, I knew who and what kind of person Camille was. Yeah. And I did not doubt her for one second. I knew that she was messed up. Yeah. I knew that she was flawed. I knew that she was trying to get away from her past. And I knew that she was innocent in a way. Yeah, because she didn't hide that mm-hmm. from us at she all. Didn't, yeah, she didn't hide it from us. She didn't hide it from, you She know. did hide it from everybody Well, she else. did hide it from everyone because I feel like you have to in that kind of sense, right? Compared to Camille and other characters in Gillian Flynn's books, 
I never felt betrayed by her. Right. Yeah. I was always on her journey mm-hmm. the entire time, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. There was never a moment where I doubted who Camille was as a person. Mm-hmm. I never thought, oh, could this actually be the the twist is that Camille is somehow bad? Mm-hmm. Never thought that. Yeah, exactly. So what did you think about the duration of the audiobook? I thought that the nine hours and 37 minutes were really well paced. Mm-hmm. I thought that the breathing and the pausing and the transitions of the book were perfect. There was never a time where I wanted to speed up the book until it got to a point where there was so much going on that I just needed to know what was happening next. Mm -hmm. So I did speed up the book, but only out of my need to know more quicker. Mm -hmm. So it had nothing to do with Anne-Marie or the pausing or the breathing or anything like that. It was Mm -hmm. just purely me needing to not read a spoiler Mm-hmm. because I needed to know what happened to all these characters. Yeah, if you speed it up to the point of you're comfortable with it, mm-hmm. it's you're less likely to find a spoiler online because yeah. you're like, I can't wait any longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you think about the duration of the book? I enjoyed it. I Like, I, like you said, the pace was excellent. I feel like there was nothing that was awkward in terms of ending and where chapters were ending and where things were picking up. I just thought it was a very nice flow of Mm -hmm. events. And you got done this book very quickly. I did. It was a day. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, it was like two days, two days that I finished this book. But I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I was addicted to it, actually. Yeah, I remember you texted me and you were like, I'm washing dishes and listening to my book. Exactly. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get on this right now. I was like... I had a whole bunch of knives in my hand, not trying to cut myself, but I'm just saying, oh my gosh, shop objects. And then I started doing karate in the kitchen. But with the knives? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ooh, the I'm book. you a katana for yeah, your birthday. Figure. Well, next year. She is my favorite more combat character. Oh, anyway. that's right. <laughs> hmm. all, it all comes full circle. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really enjoyed the duration. I think it was perfect timing. And the pauses, one thing I do want to mention with Anne Marie is. In the other books I told you, you know, her narration that I listened to before, she had very awkward pauses in the other books Mm -hmm. to the point of the chapters were there was like a four to five second pause, not sped up. Weird. Between each chapter. But with this book, everything flowed naturally. Yeah. And it was like chapter 33, chapter 44. You know, it was very nice. There was no awkward pauses. And I really had no complaints with her narration in this audiobook at all which is so crazy to me how was this different than the other ones i don't get it it's really weird i mean maybe it comes back to her interest maybe she just wasn't intrigued by Mm -hmm. those stories for some reason because the ghost stories were very convoluted Mm. and there's a lot of information thrown into a tiny little cozy mystery Mm -hmm. so maybe this one she kind of felt invested and yeah maybe this is her thing Mm -hmm. this is her niche she needs to like keep doing it dive in there hook up with gillian flynn more right yeah, I I thought that the pausing allowed the craziness to sink in a little yes. bit. Because, I mean, you were talking about how the one book had four to five seconds of transitions between chapters. And four to five seconds to someone who doesn't listen to audiobooks or is wanting to give them a try doesn't sound very long. Mm-hmm. But in an audiobook, that is a lifetime. Yes. Yeah, and very crucial. It's just, It could make or break an audiobook. And so for this one, I feel like she kept her pausing to one to two seconds, which is still a long time. It's Mm -hmm. a long feeling, but it was so well done and so effective to the story Mm -hmm. because it just made me start thinking how 
crazy I could be. Exactly. And it made me think, oh, wow, that just happened. Mm-hmm. There's like five more chapters in this book. Yes. <laughs> and the chapters were long. They were like an hour long. They were. They were. I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe how long these chapters are. <laughs> well, they're so good. They were so mm. good. Each and every single one of them. So you already said how I listened to the book. I was doing some dishes, doing mm-hmm. some chores. Twirling your knives. Twirling my knives. How did you listen to this book? I listened to the book. Okay, so I broke my rule of never listening to creepy books when I'm going out at night because this book was so amazing. Mm -hmm. So I went to the gym. I listened to it there, which the gym is always empty when we go. So it's extra creepy. Extra creepy. Gym ghosts. Extra. (laughs) There could be someone creeping around a corner. There could be little Mm 13-year-olds that are giggling and laughing and bullying in the corner. I don't know. What 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 are you in the ring? I don't know what kind of gym I go to. I don't go to that kind of gym, but <laughs> I wonder if there is one like that. Mm. It's high school. High, high school. school gym. High yeah. school gym. Uh, anyway, so I listened to this creepy book outside of my home, and then I came home and I could not stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I think I also finished it in about two days when I finally sat down and just allowed myself to fully listen to it. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Oh Highly recommend. So the audiobook, actual book, or movie... There isn't a movie. There isn't? There isn't. But guess what? There's coming one. There's There's... No, HBO miniseries. (gasps) Oh my God. Guess who's starring? Well, with your face that you're making right now, which looks a little bit disappointed. I don't know how how I feel about it, though. It's a good actress. I feel like it would be a good match for this character. Kristen Stewart? No. Oh. Oh, God, no. I said good actress. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. I missed that part. I missed that adjective. Um, no, Amy Adams. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see it. I can see her as Camille. You really? I mean, she's not twenty eight, mm-hmm. which Camille Camille's supposed to be like twenty in twenty eight, late twenties. Late, right? late yeah. She's not that, but she looks like it. Yeah. And so I feel like she could totally pull off a Camille. Oh my god, I want Amy Adams to play every single part. Yeah. I'm just I'm I, I'm so excited. Yeah. And I'm wondering why this Ooh. took so long to make. That they better do it justice. Because this was I think Sharp Objects was actually one of my out of all the Gillian Flynn books, this was probably my favorite. Ooh. So it needs to live up yeah. to that expectation. Yeah. I mean, they just did Big Little Lies, HBO did. Mm-hmm. And that was really great. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked the Gone Girl movie. It wasn't my favorite. And they made dark places with Charlie's Theron. And that was good, but it wasn't nearly as good as Gone Girl. I feel like a miniseries is definitely going to... So the miniseries, I think, is going to take it over the top. And it's yeah. going to be the best adaptation ever of one of her books. I mean, because you figure with a miniseries, miniseries are almost better than movies at this point. Oh, yeah, I definitely. would rather see a miniseries of whatever movie is going to come out mm-hmm. instead of an hour and a half long movie. Because yeah. with a miniseries, you get five, six, mm-hmm. seven episodes, which are an hour in length depending mm-hmm. on the network yeah. so that's seven hours mm-hmm. of content potentially yeah i like miniseries just as much as i like my meals seven meals a day seven miniseries episodes in a miniseries. are they mini meals no of course not <laughs> look at me <laughs> but- shut up <laughs> god i'm gonna uh. carve shut up on your forehead <laughs> With your juggling knives. <laughs> That'd probably be assault, but... <laughs> it's okay. Whatever. Not if you're, it's your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can 
carve things into your best friend and it not be illegal. <laughs> you heard it here first. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> All right. So big question of the day. Would you shelf this or shelf it? This? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Jumped out of my seat. Sorry. What did you say? I said shelf it. Oh, yeah. Good. S-H-E-L-F. Yes, yeah. I would definitely yeah, shelf this. Shelf, right? yeah. I would shelf this. I would shelf the hard copy of it. I would shelf everything about this. Anne Marie Lee did an amazing job. Yes, a hundred, hundred and million, infinity percent. Exactly, this good old Southern book. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that Gillian Flynn is a mastermind when it comes to these thriller, suspenseful books. Oh yeah. I mean, anyone. Oh, God. Anyone who can write a party scene where a person pushing 30 and a 13-year-old... Oh, yeah. <laughs> ...take, like, drugs together. <laughs> so weird. That was the awkward part that of the book. That killed me. I was I went through that book and I was like, what the French toast is happening that here? That was the biggest twist of all, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't a twist. It was, it was just... so normal and natural. <laughs> like a bonding experience between half sisters it was like oh you want to do drugs with me let's, let's do, do it, it. <laughs> what the heck uh but also let's be real the way she writes women is phenomenal yeah and she gets a lot of critiques about the way she writes women and the fact that she thinks that like a lot of critics think that gillian flynn imagines women as like flawed horrible human beings villains even and she's like, no, why can't women be flawed? Like, why can't they make mistakes? Why exactly. can't they be in pain? Yeah. Why and do they have to be perfect? There's a fantastic dialogue in here between Camille and Richard, the detective that is assigned to the case, where she gives him a little bit of sass about his presumptuous attitude about women mm -hmm. and how he feels that she needs to be walked to her car. They're in the bar discussing it. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really wonderful scene to me that I sat in my house and applauded mm -hmm. because I was sitting there saying, yes, not every female character has to be written like Joan of Arc. She doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a beacon of hope and light and happiness. She just has to be real and able to be connectable and have somebody invest interest in her. Mm -hmm. I feel like Gillian Flynn really knows how to harness that magic of writing women mm -hmm. in a great great way yeah so any critiques are probably coming from men who haven't really lived life exactly or women who just think they're perfect god i hate men and perfect women yeah right men and perfect women can go suck it mm -mm -mm. Mm. suck a richard so thank you for joining us today for our episode on Sharp Objects, written by Gillian Flynn and narrated by Anne-Marie Lee. If you would like to hear more episodes, please go to our website and check it out. And on the website, if you go on the bottom, there's a link for the Audible affiliate, and that connects you to a 30-day free trial. And if you sign up, you get two free audiobooks from Audible. So definitely check that out and let us know what you like. Yes. And if you'd like to follow along to see our latest episodes, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at AudioshelfMe on Twitter. And subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. And if you haven't heard yet, our newest Audio Shelf segment, Audio Shelf After Dark, is premiering this Thursday. This Thursday's Audio Shelf After Dark's premiere. Audio Shelf After Dark! We've, we've been talking about it for months. With each other. With each other. But just not with everybody else. <laughs> but you guys are going to love it because we've recorded 
about four episodes now, and we love every second of it. They're so much fun and really different. Very different from this. So check it out every Thursday. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I want to cut you. I'm going to cut bye into my face. I will cut you. Why do I want to carve things in my face? Why is it about carving? I don't want to carve anything. I mean, I don't know. Please, if you are thinking of carving anything into your face or body, seek help. Yes. And also replace it with whipped cream. Yes. Put whipped cream on yourself. It's not permanent and it's tasty. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye again. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. So a girl walks into a bar. <laughs> what is with you in these bar scenarios? Thank you for tuning in to Audio Shelf. Thank you for tuning in to Audio Shelf. That's pretty good. We need a video of her talking. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying and to saying, do. Hi, I'm Gillian. I'm Gillian Flynn, the author of <laughs> yeah. and the new mystery yes. Dark That Places. is exactly what we need. What is a good one? We used know. to have sound effects. Like we used to make our own like boom, pow. I mean we still can do that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like we're still capable of it. Well I meant like, oh shit. You're okay. You're all right. Calm down. No phones were hurt in the making of this podcast. What is special about our hometowns? What's special about Pasadena, Maryland? Sorry. I didn't know if that was a slap. I thought you were hitting an ant. What the hell? (laughs) What was the cop's name? Oh, I don't remember. Was it David? It was something normal. Okay. No, they only had three characters. Yeah, they only list three <laughs> characters on the Wikipedia page. What? I guess Emma, Camille, and Adora. Ding ding ding. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with David. Oh, it's Richard. Richard. <laughs> Dick. Dick. <laughs> yeah, go suck a detective, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a little wizard. But I, it, I like. I think we've had. I think we've had worse ones. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't give me any confidence. <laughs> kind of like a Big Mac. Right. You always want Big Macs. That's why they come in three different sizes now. Mm-hmm. Again, this isn't an ad. <laughs> then you go to it. Does the dog die? Dot com. Why am I doing ads? <laughs>